And then more people who was coming to the group were asking me, hey, I see a couple of weeks ago you taught a class. Can I still buy those recordings? And I'm like, sure. Mm-hmm. And back then, I just couldn't get it through my mind that you mean to tell me I could create something one time and I can sell it over and over and over again. Have you ever let stress get the better of you? Want to know how to maximize your productivity? My name is Tommy Bowie. Follow me as I deep dive into the minds of successful entrepreneurs and industry professionals on the tools, tips, and strategies they use to overcome stress and boost productivity in their daily lives, especially when the going gets tough and the stakes are high. This is the Stressless Entrepreneur Podcast. My guest today is an online business coach, digital marketing consultant, two-time best-selling author, and speaker who's grown her online tribe to over 70,000 strong women. As an online business strategist, she teaches her students the exact same strategies that she learned and implemented while working in corporate America that has propelled her to unprecedented levels of online business success. To date, she's been featured by Forbes, Thrive Global, Addicted to Success, Medium, Canva, and many other publications. After unsubscribing from the narrative that women can't have it all as a working professional, She has made it her life's work to assist other women in transitioning from full-time employee to full-time entrepreneur using online businesses as their vehicle. She's a firm believer in the idea that great reward follows hard work and she uses this mantra to encourage others to get out of their own way so that they can live a life that brings them joy and fulfillment. Today I have with me Tiffany S. Williams. Tiffany, thank you for joining me on the Stressless Entrepreneur podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to get started. Tiffany, the reason why I wanted to get you on the show today is because you run an online platform that teaches online entrepreneurs to grow their business. So I want to dig deeper into that personal growth story and how you came to be. But before we do that, are you able to give us a little bit of history about yourself? So basically, I went to school for business and I have an MBA in marketing and my job you know, my goal was to get out and, you know, make this, get hired by this big brand and make this big salary and making a hundred K and that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was working other jobs and I just didn't like it. I just, I didn't like the office politics or anything like that. So I decided to start venturing out and researching online businesses that I can get started with. Mm -hmm. And the first business that I started with, I started following this other marketer and it was a t-shirt business. Mm-hmm. And this is before t-shirts like really, really got popular. I mean, they've been popular forever, but as far as starting an online print on demand business where you didn't have to do any printing or shipping or anything, it wasn't that popular. Yep. So I started with that and first week in business, I profited. I had previously built an audience of Yorkie owners because I have a Yorkie dog and built yep. that up and I ended up selling a shirt in that group and I was like amazed. And so that's kind of how I got started. And eventually I was like, you know what? I really want to do this full time. So I left my job and went, you know, 150% into it, devoted all of my time researching and doing things like that. And that's kind of how I got started. And that was seven years ago. Yeah. I wanted to go back to the point where you said you decided to leave your job. What was going through your mind at that time? And what was that deciding factor on you to make that switch? Okay, great question. So a couple of things. At that time, I was working for a Daily Deal website. So I was working for Living Social, which is Groupon's competitor, and mm-hmm. they were about to go through big layoffs. And I live in a fairly small town, so I knew my town was going to be one of the ones to, to get laid off. 
Well, I wasn't too worried about it because I had previously started the side hustle at the time it was a side hustle. And I was kind of profiting as much as what I was making at the job. So I decided I'm going to make it easier for them. I'm not going to wait to get laid off. I'm going to just exit my nine to five. Mm -hmm. And I went full fledged. And that's kind of what the determining factor was. One, I knew I was going to get laid off eventually. And two, I had had some success online and I had built up an audience. And so I knew that if I had even more time to devote full time, that it was going to work out. Yeah. So that audience online at the moment, I know that's your Facebook group. You've grown that audience to about 40,000 members. Um, You also have about just over 30,000 followers on Instagram. Are you able to tell us about that journey and your target audience? Yeah, definitely. So seven years ago, when I when I first left my job, a lot of people were talking about, you know, building groups and communities and stuff like that. And like I said before, I built a community of Yorkie owners. And I built that up to 75,000 people. So I knew the process. I knew how, you know, if you build a community of people, how that works. So I was doing that, doing the t-shirts and I started doing some things on selling some things on Amazon and things like that. And one day this lady reached out to me. I went to college with her and she was like, can I ask you some questions? I've been watching you for a while. I know you don't work a traditional job. I see you traveling. You don't look stressed. So what do you actually do? Mm -hmm. And so I told her what I did. And she was like, you know, I'm very interested because I'm looking to get away from my job. She had a sickly child. So I answered some of her questions. About a week later, somebody else reached out to me and started asking me questions. They were all in my DMs. And I was like, okay, you know, there's a need, right? People are looking for solutions to be able to exit their nine to five. So instead of basically continuing to answer each person individually, I just started to open a Facebook group and answer all of the questions at one time. So I went live one time, did a live stream, which I said I would never do. I was like, I'll never do a live stream. I'll never do a webinar. That just wasn't me. Mm -hmm. I went live and did a webinar and um, people loved it. And literally we grew from there. So now, yes, we have, we are just under 40,000. We'll probably at, be at 40,000 in the next week or two. But I help women start profitable online businesses so that they can replace their income and exit their nine to five, which is what my goal was seven years ago. And I do that through various courses online and physical products and digital products. Yep. I love the approach in starting that Facebook group and how it came to be because I know that a lot of entrepreneurs nowadays go straight into the methodology of teaching someone something, even though they may not have the skills to do it because people think it's a a great way to get rich, I guess, quick. So I love that you tested the market, you actually got success and then listened to your customers in delivering a product. So that's great. Within those years, were there any challenges in terms of growing that Facebook group or was it quite organic in the approach? Actually, it was quite organic because when I started it, I did not have a goal to grow it to 40,000 people. That wasn't even a thing. I just did it so I can do everything at one time, answer everybody's questions. So after I did that initial live stream, my initial live stream had 11 people on the call and they started asking questions. And at the end, I, you know, a couple of people were like, can I invite so-and-so to the group? Can I invite somebody to the group? Because I know this person who wants to start a business and things like that. And it started growing. And then after about a couple of weeks, someone asked if I could teach a class. 
to class on, and I had heard of digital products, but wasn't, you know, I was still in physical products. You know, can I teach a class on it? I'm like, okay, well, I'll do that. And I decided, let me put a price tag on this. Not Let me not do this for free. Let me just put a random price tag on it. So I told him I was going to do a four-week class, right? Four classes, and it was going to be $297. I was like, nobody is going to buy this at $300. That's mm-hmm. insane. Nine people signed up. I was so happy. I pre-sold them. So then I was like, oh, my God. I just took their money but I don't have any course. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So then, you know, I did the course and things like that. They loved it. I got some testimonies, but as I was doing this, they were inviting people to the group and the group was growing organically and it was getting bigger. And then more people who was coming to the group were asking me, Hey, I see a couple of weeks ago, you taught a class. Can I still buy those recordings? And I'm like, sure. Mm -hmm. And back then I just couldn't get it through my mind that you mean to tell me I could create something one time and I can sell it over and over and over again. And that's literally how I grew. And eventually I swapped to all digital products. Yep. And it's amazing how the online platform gives you the ability to scale something that works well and is yep. repeatable. And then it's yep. just about finding the right audience to deliver that product, whether it's physical or digital. Um, and exactly. it just happens to be that you know, you're teaching people how to develop a skill set in building an online business. Exactly. In saying that, other than people wanting to start an online business, what were some of the common themes that you come across, especially with people uh, that come up to you and say, you know, I want to start an online business? What's the motivation behind most of those uh, discussions? So the majority of my audience, they don't have a lot of extra money. They're not, you know, rich. A lot of them are kind of like living payday to payday and they want something better. So they want a little bit extra money to pay off some bills and things like that. The things that they were coming to me that were, they were, I've been having this business idea. I've been wanting to have, you know, start this business. But number one, I don't know how to get started. I hear, I hear and read so much online. I don't know who to listen to. I don't know the steps and I'm scared. And then the other thing was, I don't have a lot of money to start a business. Mm -hmm. That was the two most common things of, you know, I don't know how to start. I don't know the steps. And I can't afford to start a business. And a lot of people were coming to me seeming, thinking that they had to have like tens of thousands of dollars to start a business. So that was the two most common things that people were coming to me saying. Yep. You mentioned a bit of uncertainty there, people being scared. At the moment, you know, we know that COVID-19 has hit America quite big and all over the world. Has that uncertainty impacted your business in, in any way or has it grown the business? Actually, someone just asked me that earlier today. And the the person who asked me, she owns a spa and it has affected her business tremendously. But for me, it has not impacted me at all. And matter of fact, it has grown. And the reason why I think it has grown is because people are now really realizing that they need something extra. They need something on the side. They need a side hustle, a side income just in case something like this happens. Again, you know, there's so much uncertainty putting all of your eggs in one basket with a nine to five. And some people still haven't gone back to work. They don't know what's going on. So I think a lot of people are realizing now that it's happening. Okay, I need to get on a ball and get something started because I never know when this is going to end or anything like that. So my business has grown. This has been our best year in business. Our best last couple of months have been amazing. 
And with that growth, have you had to pivot your business in any way or have you had to take on any extra staff in terms of helping you deliver your products? Yes. So we have not actually been able to keep up with the demand because we have been just getting so much business. So I actually just recently added two people to my team Mm -hmm. um, to be able to help with the, you know, the customer service, the community management and things like that, just to kind of keep up with the demand because I really pride my business on great customer service, like low prices, high value. That's kind of like my motto, prices that people can afford, but it's really high value. Talking about value and delivering value, this online journey would have come with it some challenges, especially if you're constantly trying to deliver value to your customers. What were some of the challenges that you faced along the way? And was there one pivotal moment that helped you, I guess, understand that you needed to pull back in terms of delivery? Oh, that's actually a really good question. And it has, it kind of piggybacks off of what I just said. Mm. A challenge that I have, I'm a Virgo and by nature, I'm a perfectionist which means that I probably should have hired people a lot sooner than when I started hiring people. So I was trying to be the graphic designer. I was trying to be the customer service. I was trying to be the course creator and everything in the business and not wanting to hire anything because my mind was, I can do it better since it's my business, Hmm. which kind of hindered me from growing even quicker and bigger because I was trying to be everybody. Mm -hmm. So I had to learn myself, okay, you know what? You can't do it all by yourself. If you want to, you know, if you want to stay in your comfort zone and not grow, then don't hire anybody. But if you want to grow to the capacity that you want to grow this brand, then you need to hire a team. And then in the seven years I've been in business, I think that has been the, the biggest thing for me, um, trying to do everything myself and not hiring sooner. Talking about hiring staff, we know that that is one of the hardest things to do as an entrepreneur, especially when you're first starting out and you're trying to keep the business lean. Do you have any commentary to those people, you know, I myself am one, who are just at that pivotal moment when where they should be hiring staff, but are just too scared to make that leap? So this is kind of like the advice that I give people now that I, you know, have been hiring and stuff like that. Once you hire, oh my God, it makes so much of a difference. So I always say, write down the things that you really, really enjoy doing. Like the course creation for me, the creating the lot, doing the live streams and stuff. That's pretty much the things that nobody else can do because I am the face of the brand. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's the things I enjoy doing. Other things I kind of hire out and you don't have to hire a ton of people at one time. You can start with one person a couple of hours a week. That's how I started. And you don't realize how much it takes off of you just hiring somebody for a couple of hours a week. And when your business starts to grow and the income starts to grow, then you start building your team from there. Because a lot of people seem to think, oh, when you hire somebody, you need to hire three, four people full-time in the beginning when you don't. One person will make a significant difference if it's the right person. Yeah, yeah. And in today's day and age, you know, being in the online space, you have the ability to kind of outsource not just to your local area but to anyone around the world and have that instant connection through audio or through video just to kind of get and in, in teaching them as well. So that exactly. takes advantage of, I guess, the, the geo arbitrage or the geo location in terms of income as well. Exactly. Mm -hmm. 
what are some of the ways that you handle and deal with stress? Oh, so I might be a little bit different. So the way I deal with stress is it's a couple of different things. When you work full time on your business, a lot of people think that working from home, okay, I, you know, people work from home, they sit and watch TV or they get to do this and do that. But I actually, especially when I first started, worked more hours in my business than I did at a nine to five. So mm-hmm. I think it's really important sometimes just to get away, get up from your computer, get from behind your computer, go walk around, go outside, go take a walk, anything like that, just to clear your head and then go back to it. Because a lot of times that I can be stuck on something and can't quite figure something out. And I say, you know what, let me put this down for a couple of hours. Let me go do something else, just relax or whatever and come back and it has cleared my mind and it makes it easier for me to think about stuff. That's one way. It's so simple, but it works. Mm -hmm. Another way is to, I don't try to, a lot of people, they'll have these to-do lists and they'll have, okay, this is everything I want to do today. And it may have 20 things on the list. You're already stressing yourself out right then and there, just looking at those 20 things. Because most of the time, when you have 20 things, by the end of the day, you've added four or five. Now you have 25 things. And now you're even more stressed going into the next day. So I take my days and I say, what are my top three things for the day that I want to work on? What are the top three things? Okay. And if I get through with those top three things that I need to get done, then I'll add something else. But I focus on the top three most important things. And that keeps the stress level, that keeps me from not having this list of so many things to do. And then the last thing for me, the thing that really gets me out of stress mode is working out. I love working out. I love the gym. I I haven't been to the gym since COVID, but Mm. I love working out. It clears my mind. And that's just a huge stress reliever for me. So for me, those three things, you know, walking away, making a to-do list of three things for the day, the top three for the day. And then working out, that is my three stress relievers. I love that you mentioned the three things, slowing down the to-do list and working out because I myself have struggled uh, with slowing down, especially when I first started the side hustle. I remember mm-hmm. going to work the nine to five and then as soon as you get home, you're straight onto your computer until yep. midnight and <laughs> yep. that's rinse and repeat. And you know, there were days when I would wake up early, about two hours before work and just work on the side hustle as well. Wow, yes. I thought it was doing me good until it started to affect my productivity at work. So I had to take a step back and understand that, yes, you're not doing work for two hours, but that's going to increase your productivity in the long run. Exactly, exactly. The second thing you mentioned there was a to-do list. And we've had a couple of people talk about to-do lists on the show, and each one has a special or unique way of approaching it because Mm -hmm. some people understand that, because of to-do list, if you don't schedule it into your calendar, it makes no sense to do it because you don't understand the, the time required for that, that tasking. Others right. believe in a full to-do list because it allows them to prioritize. I love mm-hmm. your, I guess, hybrid approach because it's the top three, which is the most important things for you. And then you can increase that to-do list because that's a great way to kind of just look at the most important things at hand at present. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Again, talking about stress and stress management, at the moment, we understand that there's the Black Lives Matter movement in America. How has that impacted your business and yourself personally, being a person of color? Well, it has, and it's, it's crazy because it affects different people in different ways. Yep. The majority of my audience are people of color. So I think that it has actually 
brought my community a lot closer. And the reason being is because, you know, they've had these blackout days and, you know, certain shopping days and people have been supporting each other more in the group, which have increased people's, you know, a lot of these people have just started their businesses. So for them to all of a sudden in one day start getting three, four or five sales from another community member, right? That just makes them think that, wow, this is all possible. I'm getting some sales. So it's basically helped with their momentum. It's helped with a lot of things. So I think it for my community in particular, it has brought us closer. Now, as so far as the situation of, you know, everything that's going on with the Black Lives Matter, COVID, it's so much going on right now in mm. society. It's so much. I think that Watching it on TV can be really stressful. If you just sit there and watch it all day, every day, and listen to it all day, every day, it can stress you out even more. Not to say you shouldn't know what's going on, but I don't think you should just kind of like sit there and focus on it all day. You know, I think you should know what's going on and just continue to still do what you're going to do and not listen to because, you know, I've been watching Instagram and a lot of stuff on Instagram is have a blackout day where you don't buy anything or you don't post on the internet or anything like that. You have to do what's best for your business. And everybody has a different mindset about it. For me personally, again, because the majority of my audience is women of color, it has brought our community a lot closer. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about watching the media and the news, we need to be careful as we're watching that because there's a reason why they're showing us what they want to show. And yeah. it's it's mainly the things to kind of stir a, a reaction or, or an emotion. And it's very targeted because they only show, you can say, the negatives. And we rarely yeah. see the positives that are coming through in the community. Exactly. Um, so it's great to see that, you know, yourself and the Rich Girl Collective Facebook group of the community are supporting each other through these tough times. Because the last thing we want is to displace our anger uh, in that, you know, we want to, provide and support the community, but we're also displacing our anger and impacting the community. Um, And we see that very often because people just need to let emotions out and without directing that anger in the right way, it's just going to hurt them in the long run. Right, exactly, exactly. Looking forward in the next 12 to 24 months, what's next for Tiffany Williams? What's next for the personal brands? Where do you see yourself? Oh, so much, so much. So I basically, my goal is I have a membership. It's called Rich Girl Academy. We currently have right under a thousand members. My goal is to grow that academy to eventually, I would say in the next 12 months, I would like to grow that membership to 2,500 members. I want to be a well-known brand. As so far as when women are looking to start an online business, they think of my brand, Rich Girl Collective. So I am just going to continue to do what I'm doing, grow my audience so I can reach more people, change more lives, and just still continue to deliver both free. I do a lot of free trainings, both Mm. free. I have one coming up now, um, uh, both free and paid trainings to my audience and develop that relationship with them, which ultimately is the thing that gets the sales. And so I'm going to just continue doing what I'm doing and just try to grow the audience as big as possible. We have a few things on the line, like, you know, online, we're going to do an online Facebook style TV show that's coming up. Um, You're the first person that I mentioned it to actually. Um, We have a, we're going to have a quarterly magazine that's coming out. Eventually I want to do a podcast and 
build up my YouTube. So we have a lot of things in the works, but again, I'm doing it step by step because I don't want to get stressed out and doing, trying to do, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they try to do so much and launch so much at one time that it gets overwhelming and that's what I'm not trying to do. So it's, it's coming. So yeah, in the next 12 to 24 months, those things will come out just kind of like in steps. And I think that's a great approach as well because instead of using that shotgun approach and scattering your rate of effort, you can just focus on the things that matter first and introducing new platforms once you understand that platform and see success. Right. What would you say then would be from when you first started as an online entrepreneur, what was the biggest transformation that happened for yourself? And did you realize that it was going to happen? So... This one is a little bit different. So I think my biggest transformation is more personal. And Mm. I think for me, I had this goal before I was an online entrepreneur, you know, in school, I went back to get an MBA because I wanted to have this fancy job and a fancy car. And I wanted to make my hundred K a year. Like it was all about the money. And even when I started my business, it was all about the money. But at this point in my business, being in business seven years, The money is great. Don't get me wrong. It's a tool and it helps. But for me, the biggest thing that I did not realize back then that I just absolutely love now is the when I receive the emails and the video testimonies from people that somebody just sent me one yesterday and she was like, because of you, because of a class that I purchased and, you know, I was able to make some money from it, you know, the people didn't come repo my car or I didn't lose my house or I have been able to pay all my credit cards. It's emails and things like that that just keep me going. And that, it to me, it, it may sound crazy, but that's like, that's what keeps me going. That's the thing that I did not realize that when you do this, it's great that you're making money, but you're actually changing people's lives. And I actually have, I just bought the domain, actually, Tiffany's Testimonies, because I literally have over... 300 testimonies I collect all my testimonies videos Mm -hmm. and just emails that my customers have sent me just about how I've helped them or helped their daughter or just help them have more confidence so that is like the biggest transformation for me going from it's all about the money to yes the money is great but how many lives can I change how many people can I be able to affect and they say, oh, because of you, I was able to do this or start my own business or quit my job or things like that. Yeah. I love that you say that because I myself, a couple of years back, delved into the e-commerce space and that was a, quite an in- individual journey and, and, and solo. And although I achieved success, I wasn't able to share that success with anyone. Mm-hmm. And then now I run an accountability group and you know, you, there are people coming up to me saying, I just made my first sale. You know, I've, I never yep. thought I'd be able to do this online or I didn't realize that I had a skill set in terms of delivering a product. And that's the exact reason why I started this podcast because those are the things that now get me up of bed. It's, yes. it's the things that make me actually want to go into business rather than just chasing the money that I did a couple exactly. years back. Tiffany, we're just running out of time. Is there anything that you'd like to speak about that I've forgotten to mention? You know, I always give this advice. If you are a person who is thinking about starting an online business or have questions about it, or I would probably say just go ahead and start. Don't try to make it perfect. One of my hashtags in my group is perfect is for the broke. If you keep trying to make stuff perfect, you will never get started. 
So get started and perfect it as you go and just worry about all of that other stuff later. So just go ahead on there and get started. Don't compare yourself to any other business. Run your business how you want to run your business and, and go for it. Yeah, yeah. Love that tip. And for our female entrepreneurs who would like to approach you and find you, where can they find you in terms of your social tags and your website? So basically, I am bridgegirlcollective.com on Facebook. For the Facebook group is basically you can go to Rich Girl Group and it'll take you directly to the group. It's just Rich, we're Rich Girl Collective everywhere on Instagram, on Twitter, everywhere we're Rich Girl Collective. Yep. Yep. Fantastic. Tiffany, thanks again for coming on the show today. It has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I truly enjoyed it.